Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 211 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. In this show, we'll present the drill of the week, talk about Alois's coaching camp in Fiji, and discuss the Olympic qualification process. In the questions, we'll talk about adjusting your forehand for different length balls, what serves to use against funny rubber, how to prepare for the next ball, and the frustration of losing against players with no form. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, yeah, gee, it's been a big week, Jeff. Been a big yeah. Week. We've been uh, both out and about, and um, yeah, so I was uh, I headed off to Fiji during the week for about four or five days. Um, very, very exciting uh, project happening out uh, out in Oceania region in the in the Pacific, where um, uh, parrot table tennis is really being encouraged and uh, and developed. And um, I was there running it at camp for uh, players from nine different countries, um, 24 players, 14 coaches there, all, uh, all really keen, all, um, all really willing to learn. So uh, yeah, it was just a, just a really good experience and, um, and really nice to see the development of para table tennis uh, now in the region. Fantastic. Um, so what were some of the other countries involved? What, what yep, so there were so there was yep Fiji Samoa uh, Solomon Islands um, um, there, was, there was Australia and New Zealand um, and then Brilliant. yeah whole, yeah whole lot of other countries from around the Pacific so um, yeah really really good to see and uh, players with all different disability levels um, from uh, players in the wheelchairs so classes one to five um, right up to class uh, eights and nine so you know more um, um, more function functionality in their bodies, able to move a bit better. So, um, yeah, really good. And the, the exciting part is that there are a lot more players out there and the prospects uh, look really good for developing para table tennis in, in uh, Oceania. Excellent. Well, good work, Alice. Well, you were hard at work there. I was relaxing down at the beach, uh, down at Anglesey in Victoria, great place. Um, played some beach cricket while I was there. So, um, yeah, that was fun. Although, Alois, yesterday Australia played India in the T20 match. It was Australia Day and Republic Day for India. And unfortunately, India flogged us. Yes, they, they certainly did. Um, so, yeah, India on the board now in the summer. They've had a, had a pretty hard time so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, India played very well yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we've been, yeah, Doing well against them in most forms, but they, they were pretty happy to take that win. So I think we play them again on Friday. So we'll see if we can uh, uh, level the series. Anyway, Alois, tell us about what happened on this day in history. Uh, indeed. So it was 1756 and it was the birth of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Can't wow. say, yep. Can't say I can play any of his, uh, of his pieces, but yeah. Famous man. That certainly is famous. Excellent. And and also, yeah, another one in uh, nine, well, I won't tell you when, um, John Logie Baird. Any idea what he did? No. Logie, 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 yeah. Um, Oh, the the Logie. The first television, yes. 
So the first tele he did the demonstration of the first television. What year, Jeff? Uh, 1955. 1926. That yeah. early? Yeah, there you go. 1926. So uh, a long time ago. Yeah, it surprised me too. I thought, uh, I thought 50s, but uh, no. Very good. Go. It's just the first time we had it in Australia. Correct. <laughs> Long time after everyone else. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. Well, Alois, back last week, we asked who uses Snapchat as the Pink Seal's question of the day. Does anybody use Snapchat? Well, there are a few. Um, there are a lot of people out there, and, and we've certainly started using it and, um, and getting some, some good interaction now from, uh, from you, Pingskiller. So that, great to see. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, so um, Eugene, though, said, uh, um, no, I don't use Snapchat, but, hmm, okay, I'll try it. So there you go. So Eugene's on, on to us. And, yeah, he um, is. Billu, I've been uh, chatting away with Eugene on Snapchat. Yep, and Billu said, uh, yeah, I've, I've just joined, so that's great. So, uh, yeah, so there's, there are a few people out there um, using Snapchat and finding ping skills on Snapchat. So get on there, and um, if you get on there, you can just ask me a, a question um, just using a short video. Let's try it. You, you get on there, send me a short video with your question, I'll send you one back. Perfect, yep. So uh, Snapchat and our username is... Ping skills. All righty. That moves us on to the ping skillers question of the day, which is what do you do when you lose? So let us know. Jump onto our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ping skills or onto our blog on the ping skills website and let us know what do you do when you lose? Yes, might be a very, uh, you know, a, a revealing sort of question, this one. Yes, certainly. Certainly. All right, because it's Wednesday, Alice, we're discussing the drill of the week. What is it this week? Yeah, so we're talking today about multiball, but in particular, um, using backspin multiball to practice your topspin. And I think this is probably the best use of multiball because um, it's a – Ball that if you're doing um, just one ball practice, it's difficult to get enough practice of practicing your top spin against the backspin ball. So multi-ball here where the, the feeder is feeding the ball out with some backspin. So just like they're pushing the ball at you and you're practicing your top spin. So now in um, you know 30 seconds, you can get 30, 40, 50 uh, practices of your forehand topspin against backspin. And we know that this is such an important stroke in the game. If you don't um, have that forehand topspin against backspin, it's difficult to convert the defensive rally into the attacking rally. So so let's work really hard at this one. As I said, really important um, skill to have. And this drill um, really can help you to improve that skill so uh so for the top spin ball against the backspin multi-ball great drill everyone should be doing it all right makes a lot of sense alloys i will put a link in the show notes uh to our multi-ball course for anyone who hasn't tried multi-ball yet have a look at that learn how to use it and as Alloy said try this particular drill where you're putting backspin on the ball um yeah good one Alloys. All right. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, Alois, is the Olympic qualification process. And 
it's particularly relevant for China because they've got so many good players, yet only two are allowed to play in the singles. So, so what are the rules around this? Yeah, that's right. So it, it, it's just this um, is really pertinent to China, probably not so much to uh, many of the other countries. But as Je- as you said, Jeff, only two players um, from a country can enter the single singles singles event. So how do they choose those two players? Well, firstly, there is um, a regional qualification process. So each re- each region or each continent has their qualification tournament. So from that, um, different numbers of players uh, qualify um, for the uh, direct qualification into uh, the singles event at the Olympics. So in Asia, for example, there are a lot of um, men can qualify through the the qualification process. So from that, um, say three people get into the top eight uh, from China, only the top two of those players will uh, get their single spots. But players also qualify on their world ranking. So, for example, um, if the top two players, I haven't checked the latest rankings, but um, let's say I'm not, not 100% sure, but say Ma Long and um, uh, Zhu Xin are number one and two, if they don't finish in the top few players from China in the qualification process, then it becomes complex. So now we've got these two players that have qualified um, through the Asian qualification region. So say um, uh, Fan Zhendong and Zhang Ziqi. Um, so they they win and come runner-up in the Asian qualification process. So then we've got uh, Ma Long and Zhu Xin, who are ranked number one and two in the world. Now, the precedence goes to the two players from the Asian qualification process. So now, so we've got Zhang Ziqi and whoever I said. Um, Zhang Bo. Uh, Fan, yeah, Fan Zendong, yep. Oh, so Zhang Ziqi and Fan Zendong have qualified in the um, uh, Asian qualification. And now here we've got the number one and two in the world, Ma Long and um, Zhu Xin. So who gets preference? These two guys, the the qualification process uh, players. But this is the big but. China, the Chinese um, Olympic Committee, can choose to not accept these two entries and put in um, the top two players in the world. So in the end, it really does come down to uh, China Association or the Chinese National um, Olympic Committee as to who qualifies. So they can basically choose out of those four players as to who is going to uh, represent China at the Olympics. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, Because you've got all these rules in place, but then they end up being able to choose because their players are ranked so highly. Yeah, Um, and... But they can only choose in a certain way, though, Alice, I guess, because they have to take it on the basis of those rankings. Uh, yes, but, um, yeah, so that, that, that's correct. But, they, I mean, even if, the, if they don't want number one and two and number three is in that position, they can also do that because, um, because a certain number of players get in on, on world rankings as well. So they could go down the list to number 10 
if they wanted to. They'd be silly to, but they could do it. Okay, so for the rankings, I can say, like in your example, hey, we don't want Ma Long in there, but we'll let um, Zhu Zin, who's number two, behind him go ahead. Yes, and Fang Bo, who's lower. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Well, yeah, it's a strange process, isn't it? And I guess this problem comes about with only two Chinese um, allowed to play in the singles. It's yeah, um, it, yeah. it does. And and we've, we've discussed this a bit uh, previously, but you know, is it is it fair? Is it fair that the number three player in the world doesn't get to play at the Olympics and doesn't have that opportunity, or it may actually be the number one player in the world? doesn't get that opportunity to play at the Olympics. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair. Um, but I guess um, if you're not from China, then maybe it seems very fair. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the, 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 the theory behind it is that they're trying to spread um, the, uh, the opportunities right around the world. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the opportunity. And they were, they were really worried, you know, initially when there were more um, Chinese allowed that China dominated the podium as well. Well, they probably do anyway, but they had all three players on the podium rather than um, just the two. So, mm. yeah, interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, right, well, interesting theories. Yep. Yep. If you've got any thoughts on it, uh, just leave a comment on our on our blog uh, about this page, uh, about this show. So yeah, go to pingskills.com, click on the blog link, and leave your comment. Love to hear from you. All right, Alois, let's get into the questions. Um, first questions for the week. Are you ready? I am. I'm ready. It's been been awesome. a while, but I think I remember how to do this. Yeah. Good. All right. First up, we've got Mike D asking a question using the Google Q&A app. So thanks, Mike. He says, hi, Alice and Jeff. I am decent with looping the ball long and short with my backhand, but with my forehand, shorter balls where I have to move and then set up, I end up hitting the ball into the net or off the table. Any suggestions? Yeah, Mike. Um, so th- that I find often happens when if the ball's shorter on the forehand, players tend to reach out and try to play that, that top spin. The real key is to move yourself close to the table, get yourself nice and close, and then uh, make the top spin from, from there. If you reach out, you're going to tend to lose control, and often players will not be able to lift the ball enough um, is the main one. But, yeah, sometimes you do lift the ball off the end of the table as well. Um, so it's really that movement in and out, making sure that you're getting your body in position first so that you can then make that top spin stroke from closer to the table in particular. Okay. So it sounds like Mike's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to move and then set up, but maybe he's just not doing that quickly enough. Yeah, I think so. I think um, that's probably the the key, you know, just being able to to read that ball that's coming a little bit shorter and go in um, and make that position a little bit earlier. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's probably that's probably the key. And this one's a tough one to practice. I guess you need someone with good control to be able to put a ball long and then short for you. Multi-ball, Jeffrey, multi-ball. Um, yeah, so um, getting um, getting the uh, person feeding the multi-ball, and we talked about that earlier today, um, getting them to feed some long and some just shorter, so it's just going off the end of the table. So um, really good drill to, to use. Um, and, you know, we, we um, in our drill of the week, we talk about just um, 
topspin practice against backspin. But yeah, this ball here that you can use with multi-ball as well, longer, shorter, and get um, get some practice moving in and out away from the table as well. Excellent. All right. Thanks for the question, Mike, and hopefully that helps you out. Next up, Ilya says, I often meet players that have long pips or an anti-spin and they use that side exclusively when returning serve. So what type of serve can be helpful against these types of players that use the long pips or anti-spin always to return the serve? Yeah, I, I like uh, to use a backspin serve um, and some often, often even just a long backspin serve. So if they're exclusively using the long pips or the anti, um, then they're not going to be able to do a lot with it. Uh, so by doing a backspin serve and a little bit longer uh, backspin serve, if they if they push that ball, it's going to come back to you with a little bit of topspin and then, then you know that that's a ball that you can attack. Um, they could um, attack the backspin ball as well, but again, uh, you can see what they're going to do or you know what they're going to do and you just need to be ready for that and be able to attack uh, that next it's actually a good thing for you that they're only using the anti-spin because then they're not generating their own spin they're um completely um at the at your mercy so whatever spin you put on it um determines what's coming back so so you utilize that and as i said i often find the backspin serve um con- because it converts it to a top spin then that next ball's um easier to attack for you Wow, you got me excited now, Alice. I want to play against some long pip players and just serve backspin and then just crunch the ball. You make it sound easy too. I yeah. like it. Yeah. All right, Ilya, get out. Give it a go. See how it works for you and let us know. Um, great tactic, Alice. All right, next up is a question from Christian. And Christian says, my coach tells me, you've made a good forehand topspin and you're happy. You look at the opponent and you're not ready for the next shot. And this is exactly what happens during my matches. And it's the same with my services. So do you have any tips for Christian? Yeah, this is this is really crucial, Christian. So firstly, um, tracking the ball is vital. So if you're watching the ball all the time, then you're going to allow yourself to uh, react to the next ball as well. Um, I often see I often see players do exactly as you do. You know, you might do um, a great serve, and you go, "Wow, that's really good!" And then, so it becomes serve and sit and watch, um, and just and not being mobile by watching the ball and then reacting. Um, you're giving yourself a much better opportunity to to hit that next ball. So you'd need to stay mobile um, if. When you, so the service, the service action needs to be serve, okay, ready, and make sure you're moving a little bit and just being ready to move for that next ball. Um, I often see, yeah, as I said, players just serve and sit and watch, um, or hit a good top spin and sit and admire uh, their shot. the The game is um, it's fluent and it's constant, so you need to be constantly adjusting your position to wherever the ball is. So if I hit the ball over there, then I'm facing the ball, I'm ready, um, I'm on my toes, I'm, I'm, you can even bounce a little bit on your toes um, and be ready for that next uh, next ball. Okay, interesting. So do you think this is more a mindset or 
or some technical skill you need to learn as well? Yeah, I think, um, so firstly, it can be technical as far as uh, actually being on your um, on on your toes, I mean, when we say on your toes, you're not really like standing up like that, but just getting the weight forward so that you're ready to move. And I find also now get getting players to just bounce a little bit um, between shots. So after you, after you hit the ball, just a little jump, hit the ball, little jump, hit the ball, little jump, um, gets you active and ready for that next ball as well. And that, that's really crucial. If you're just plonk yourself there and sitting there, um, it's hard to get yourself into motion. If there's that little movement, then it's easier to stay in motion and, and, and react and move to the next ball. Okay. And when you talk about a little movement, you mean like a real small jump. So you don't want your head going up and up really high and then back down. Have I got that Absolutely. right? Yeah, correct. So head, so your head's steady and down here you're doing just little jumps, just um, just being active and being ready to move. Correct. Yep. So you're definitely not doing this where your head's going up and down all the time. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, Christian. You, uh, yep. Yeah. Sorry. It, Jeff, if you watch, if you watch the best players when they're playing, um, you'll you'll notice and you'll see that that there's that constant adjusting with the with the feet when they're playing and they're hitting. Yep. Certainly. All right, Christian. We'll try out those tips and let us know if that improves the next ball for you. Now. Steve says, quite often I'm two games in front and then lose the next three, or I'm two games behind, win the next two to level at two all, and then lose the fifth. Can you help me with some good advice, Alloys? Yeah. Um, so this is, this is purely um, part of your, your psychology. Um, it's really important to focus on the next point. So each point... Um, is its own little um, little test for you. Once you start to worry about, okay, or once you start to think about, okay, I'm two games up, the next thought is, okay, I have only have to win one more. Right? You don't win a game, you win a point. So if you focus completely on that next point, then you're one nil up. You focus completely on the next point and you're two nil up, Okay. If you if you focus on okay, I've got to win this next game. What do you focus on? Um, you can't focus on the ball. You can't focus on on your tactic for that next point. So really important to just break it right down to the little pieces of the point. So one point at a time, and then you can even just think about one ball at a time. So you need to be watching and tracking the ball um, all the time so that you're able to hit that next ball perfectly, okay? If you start to think about the match or the game, it's just too far ahead. Get right back to this thing here. This is the important thing. Follow this um, and work on every single point. And then the games take care of themselves, the matches take care of themselves. So the fact that um, now in your head you have have these thoughts of, okay, when I'm 2 nil up, you know, I often go back, you know, get back to two all or lose three two. You're already way ahead in the future and and starting to think about that. Okay, what's what's your tactic for this point? So you're two nil up. It's love all. What's your tactic for this point? What am I going to do? Um, and then focus on that tactic. Focus on the ball. Work hard for that next point. Very interesting, Alice. I like this. It sounds 
almost too simple to fix a problem that seems so big, but I guess this really works. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy because naturally your, your mind wants to wander into the future and start to think about what's going to happen and predict what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, just, just keep reminding yourself, okay, this is where I want to be. I want to be working hard on this next point. What do I need to do? Yeah, and it must work because whenever you hear any sportsman talk about anything, like how are you going to go, they're always like, I just focus on one point at a time. Um, that's all you can do, just the here and now. So, I mean, it's it's the advice everyone gives. Yeah, that's right. And um, so we have our sports psychology section um, on the website. Take a look at that. Um, there's some really useful tips in there that uh, – that, uh, all, all of you out there will be able to benefit from as well. Great. All right. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Great question, Steve. Um, yeah. So as Alice said, you just it's something you need to practice. So um, every time you go out to play, you've got an opportunity to get better at this skill. So just make sure you're focusing one point at a time. All right. Next up is a question from Sachin who says, we play... Uh, for two hours daily for a year now. But six months ago, I started learning basic techniques like push, drives, and loops. And now I'm trying to play an attacking game in practice match. But most of the time, I lose to the people with no form. Guess this can be frustrating, Alice. Do you have any tips for Sachin? Yeah, this is, this is a really frustrating part of um, developing, especially as you're starting to learn... Um, uh, learn to play and to develop your strokes. So, um, you know, we we encourage you to start to think about making your top spins and and uh, and your more attacking strokes. But when you go into competition, your attacking strokes might not be strong enough yet um, to overcome um, the push stroke. So you'll find that players that look really awkward and you know lazy and don't really have uh, much in the way of technique, you know, we'll be doing this sort of shot and that sort of shot and pushing the ball at you. And um, you're making a mistake with your attack. So you need to, um, I suppose, make some decisions about your development in your mind. What are you trying to do um, in this particular match? Are you trying to really win the match? Is that the the sole focus of what you're trying to do? Um, if I was playing Jeff, yes, I, all I'm going to do is focus on winning. But uh, you need to start to think about your long-term development. And if you don't start to utilise these top spin strokes in um, in a match situation, then you're going to find it's really difficult to keep developing. So sometimes there's a bit of a trade-off. Um, is it winning that's in, that's important or developing your game that's important? Um, you need to make that choice. And even be that you make um, a different choice for a different match. So, uh, for example, if you're playing in a team situation and the score is um, four, four games all and this is the deciding game, um, you may focus completely on just winning um, the match. Um, you know, how am I going to win it? And then you can start thinking tactically and developing your tactical um, knowledge and tactical ability. Um, but if it's... Um, if it's another match where it's not as important to you or to your team, um, then that's an opportunity to 
to start to really utilize and develop the the skills that you're practicing in your game in your in your training yeah and with that alloys like as you said it's important sometimes just to focus on winning and developing your tactical um awareness and you know that's why we play to win but you've also got to balance that you do have to have that developmental stage because otherwise you're not going to get better so you can't just be focusing on winning all the time you need to practice um things that will take your game to the next level and and once you get those you're going to beat these players with no form all the time yeah that's right so you'll you, you will get to the stage where you completely overpower um those type of players by developing your top spin strokes so um yeah there, there will come a time where by developing that type of game, then you will um, just go bang and you'll be up there and they they won't have any um, answers for you because of um, the way that they play. Yeah, absolutely. All right, great question, Sachin. Keep working, keep developing and um, trust me, you will start beating those types of players all the time. All right, Alois, that wraps up show 211. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Um, Make sure you visit our website, pingskills.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. If you haven't, we send out tips weekly, which will help your game. So thank you, everyone, and thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeffrey, and uh, we will see you again tomorrow morning. Now we're on a roll. Let's go, Ping Skills. Bye.